For Wednesday, December 15th, it's the early word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac Davey Aronson with a look at this morning's top news, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, you think you have trouble finding a public bathroom in New York City? Try being a taxi driver. Kathleen Horan finds there's little relief at the city's taxi relief stands. We start with this morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is still in custody in London, even though he's been granted bail. The court told Assange he'd be held at least another 48 hours because Sweden, which is trying to extradite him on a sexual assault charge, is challenging the court's decision. Assange's lawyer says Sweden clearly will not spare any expense to keep Mr. Assange in jail. A federal grand jury has charged outgoing New York State Senate Majority Leader Pedro Espada and his son with embezzling more than a half a million dollars from health care clinics they ran in the Bronx. WNYC's Elsa Chang reports. Espada founded Soundview Healthcare Center in 1978 to provide health care for poor Bronx residents. The health network takes in more than a million federal dollars a year. Prosecutors now say the Espadas used that money to pay for a lavish lifestyle. The list of luxuries allegedly on Soundview's dime is extensive. Window treatments for the Espada home, pony rides and a petting zoo for a family birthday party, Broadway tickets, Yankee games, and more than $100,000 worth of restaurant meals for the entire family. Federal and state investigations have dogged the senator for years, and in this September's primary, he lost his bid for re-election. Espada and his son will appear in federal court Wednesday afternoon. For WNYC, I'm Elsa Chang. Espada's lawyer says the senator and his son deny any wrongdoing and intend to fight the charges in court. Outgoing New York City Schools Chancellor Joel Klein made his final appearance before the panel on education policy last night and said the controversy surrounding his tenure was a necessary part of education. He acknowledged that change is hard, but he asked parents and teachers to find new ways of working with the city to improve schools. Because if in the end we don't succeed at dramatically changing the outcomes for our children, I believe we will lose the most important thing that makes America America, which is education that provides the key to the American dream. Klein said he plans to leave office on January 3rd, even if legal challenges succeed in blocking the appointment of his successor, publishing executive Kathleen Black. The MTA is following through on its threat to cut $26 million from the Long Island bus system. WNYC's Jim O'Grady reports the agency will adopt a budget today that cuts off its bus subsidy to Nassau County. The MTA and the county have been negotiating a way to keep the Long Island bus running on behalf of 100,000 daily riders. But both are facing budget crises and are unwilling to offer much financial support. Nassau County owns the service and considered hiring a private company to run it, except the county controller reports privatization would likely cost more and could raise the price of a ride, now two twenty-five, by as much as a dollar. The bus company has enough money to last for about another six months. Advocates say the buses keep cars off crowded roads and provide many Long Islanders their only way to get to school or the grocery store. For WNYC, I'm Jim O'Grady. Suffolk County police say they could be dealing with a serial killer following the discovery of four bodies along a beach road over the last few days. Police Commissioner Richard Dormer says the remains were discovered between Gilgo Beach and Cedar Beach near Ocean Parkway. It appears that they were uh, thrown out of a vehicle into 
the uh, foliage into the area that's off the roadway so that they wouldn't be seen. Police have reached out to the FBI for help. The latest provocative ad from the city health department is drawing criticism from groups that would normally support the campaign's message. WNYC's Fred Mogul has more. The new broadcast and cable TV ad released last week takes on HIV. When you get HIV, it's never just HIV. You're at a higher risk to get dozens of diseases even if you take medications. The ad features flashing images of distraught-looking gay men and vivid graphics of health problems including dementia, osteoporosis, and anal cancer. Several groups, including Gay Men's Health Crisis and the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, say they agree with the ad's pro-condom message, but they're worried the negative images increase stereotypes and stigma. The health department says the ads need to be forceful because unprotected sex is increasing among young gay men. For WNYC, I'm Fred Mogul. Taking a look at today's calendar, President Obama holds a working meeting with 20 CEOs. As part of an outreach to business leaders, Vice President Biden heads to New York City to chair a United Nations Security Council meeting on Iraq aimed at recognizing and reinforcing the tremendous progress there. The Senate is expected to hold a final vote on the tax cut compromise forged between President Obama and Republicans. And Majority Leader Harry Reid says he intends for the chamber to take up the New START nuclear treaty with Russia as early as today, despite Republican opposition. Senator Blanche Lincoln, the moderate Arkansas Democrat who lost her re-election bid after narrowly surviving a bruising Democratic primary, delivers her final Senate floor speech this afternoon. Economic reports out today include the Consumer Price Index and Industrial Production for November. And the U.S. Post Office would like to remind you that if you want guaranteed delivery of your packages before Christmas, today is the last day to send them by a regular mail. Just a few of the things happening this Wednesday. Most New Yorkers know public bathrooms are a very rare commodity in the city. There are even online sites and iPhone apps to help people find a loo. But they still don't help taxi drivers that much. Since they have to find a public restroom and a parking spot, they say finding both is like spotting an urban unicorn. WNYC's Kathleen Horan reports that out of the 62 so-called taxi relief stands in the city, only one that recently opened in Lower Manhattan has restrooms. You tried to go before you get in the cab and hold out for the 12 hours. I mean, that is the easiest solution. That's taxi driver John McDonough, who's been hacking on and off for more than 30 years. He says restrooms for cabbies are so hard to find, many drivers try to avoid nature's call altogether. And that's what most drivers do. You just don't drink. That's life, and, and it's getting worse. So, I mean, if there's some other way of doing it, I would like to hear it. The city does set aside 62 spots called relief stands, but they're basically areas for drivers to park their cabs for up to an hour. Only one of them has an on-site bathroom. Cabbie Mohan Singh, who's been driving for a few years, says he was shocked when he learned that relief stands did not provide restrooms. Relief taxi stand. This means relief only for the car, not for the person. So this must be accurate that relief should be given to the person who is driving the cab. Taxi and Limousine Commissioner David Yasky agrees that there is a problem out there for drivers. There are not very many private businesses that are willing to welcome taxi drivers to come in and use the restroom, and it's a persistent issue. It's an issue that affects a lot of bladders. 
There are more than 48,000 licensed cab drivers in the city. A spokesperson for the Department of Transportation who approves the space for the relief areas and installs the signs says the stands are located near taxi-friendly restaurants and shops where drivers can access the facilities. If they have a list of those, we'd certainly like to give them out to the drivers. That's third-generation Queens garage owner Richard Wissack. A couple of the cabbies he leases taxis to have even been ticketed for using the restrooms in public parks. They weren't aware they can be cited for using a bathroom in a playground without being accompanied by a child. Wissack, who is also an attorney, suggested one of the cabbies fight the summons. This driver actually had five daughters. He said, bring a picture of your family to show the judge, to say, I'm not doing anything here but trying to go to the bathroom. Wissack says the driver beat the ticket but still lost a day of work. He says, unfortunately, many cabbies are forced to risk a public indecency ticket for relieving themselves outside, or they use something known as the motorman's helper, also known as the handy bottle. Driver John McDonough. It's the last resort. It's not as if the cabbie got up in the morning. Oh, you know, this is, I'm going to have a great day. I'm going to piss in a bottle. No. He gets up. I would like to go to a nice, clean establishment where I could wash my hands, relax a bit. But that's not our option. There is an exception. Enter JNR Music and Computer World in Lower Manhattan. For many years, it was next to impossible to find a cab for their customers who need help schlepping flat screen TVs and other gadgets home. Public Relations Director for JNR, Abe Brown, says they were looking for a way to entice drivers to Park Row, which isn't an easily accessible spot. So they asked the city if they could create a taxi stand in front of the store, and to sweeten the deal, they're offering free coffee and unlimited bathroom visits for drivers. Beautiful uh, restrooms. In the technology section of the store, downstairs near the returns and the tech support, are four bathrooms that are cleaned once an hour. See the tables and chairs? Brown says not allowing drivers free access wasn't an option. Once you do it, you do it the right way. It'd be very unfair to invite them to stop by here and not to be able to use the facilities. TLC Commissioner Yasky hopes the idea takes hold. We're very delighted by JNR stepping up and setting an example here, and I would love to see other businesses follow suit. Other than more businesses opening up bathrooms, do you think there's any other possible solution? I guess I'm surprised to find out that there's so many drivers and so few bathrooms. I think you're on something. In the meantime, drivers say they're even willing to pay to use the restroom and hope the city will increase the number of those facilities. There are currently two. For WNYC, I'm Kathleen Horn. Ten miles high and wide A beautiful swan in a silent sea We'll wrap up with the gig alert, our look at tonight's music scene. Bert Jansch of the 60s British folk rock band Pentangle may not be a household name, but he's generally considered to be one of the most influential musicians in rock and roll history. According to Neil Young, quote, Jansch is to the acoustic guitar what Jimi Hendrix is to the electric. You can catch the Glasgow guitarist at Brooklyn's Bell House tonight. This song, the title track from Janch's 2007 album The Black Swan, is available for free on our culture page. Just click on culture at wnyc.org. And you can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. It's all at our website, wnyc.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Isaac T.P. Aronson. Have a great day. 
wash headlong by Stallions will burst when the rain 